Blog Talk Radio. Well, who puts the light in light rock or heavy metal or rap or any kind of music for that matter? We're about to find out. And we're going to have a conversation with a plastic rhino. This is Music Friday Live. Keep on so I don't forget. From Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and today. We're going to talk with Overpass Light Brigade about how they illuminate music with lights and social change messages. And in segment number two, Plastic Rhino, the heavy-duty alt-rock band tearing through the L.A. music scene and is about to be let loose nationwide on Music Friday Live. So don't go away. This is going to be lots and lots of fun. This is Patrick O'Heffernan, your host on Music Friday Live. That was a little cut out of Breezy from Scooter Island, Mad FX's uh, latest project. Mad FX might just call in today. I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping he is. If not, we'll see if we can get him on for a full interview later on. But anyway, I want to uh, remind you that this is your show. Our guests are here to talk with you. So call in 347-215-7511 or email us. Music Friday Live at gmail.com. Music Friday Live at gmail.com. You know, if you're sitting there with your headphones on and you're at work and you're not really paying attention to what's on the computer screen, email us. Music Friday Live at gmail.com. Well, in addition to our headliner guest today, like I said, we may have a surprise visit from Max FX and his new EP, Scooter Island. So I'm going to just play a little bit more of uh, Breezy from Scooter Island and uh, we'll see if we can find him. Don't go away.
Well, it looks like we're not going to be able to uh, talk to Scooter Island this morning. We uh, we uh, gave it a good shot, but uh, there it is. So we have lots of other things going on today. In fact, uh, we have uh, Overpass Light Brigade coming up. But first of all, I have to do a little bit of business, so don't go away. We have a, a little bit of business to do here. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. And we do have um, Matt FX on the, on uh, the line, and this is Patrick O'Heffernan at Music Friday Live. Hi, Matt. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I, you know, we were just playing a little bit of breezy from uh, Scooter Island, and uh, look, <laughs> uh, it it's a lot of fun. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this project? Sure. Uh, so Scooter Island is basically the, the culmination of a, a lot of different efforts, I think, over the past couple of years of mine to, to produce music and to release music that was both my own as well as people who I really believed in. And, and kind of what we wound up doing is creating a collaborative project very similar to uh, Gorillaz or Major Laser, in which, you know, there's someone at the helm sort of going to the engineer every night and mixing down and sending everything out and recruiting everyone in, uh, myself, uh, but then, you know, a revolving cast of about 20 to 25 other producers, vocalists, rappers, and even visual artists. I understand that the album has a little bit of a, of a feminist um, t- uh, tinge to it. you want to tell us about that? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's 2015, and I think there are there are definitely sort of issues out there that myself and, and the people involved in the project truly believe in. Uh, one of the tracks on the record is called Not Yours, and it was actually written by my girlfriend, Regina Hernandez, uh, Gigi, as people call her. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it was just so simple. I think the first time I heard that beat, I, I, I had the realization that it could be a really strong sort of anthem. And immediately I passed it over to Gigi thinking that, you know, this isn't mine to write, but if you want to, you should. And, and she kind of went with it. So, well, it's it, it's um, a lot of fun to listen to, and particularly now that I know there's a little bit of a message in it, then uh, it's not only a lot of fun, but it's important, too. Now, I understand that um, uh, you're actually kind of a collective, that there's, that there's not a, a set band involved. Is that right? It's true, yeah. Uh, I, we're fortunate in that a lot of the people who are behind the project production-wise all come from a background playing instruments, Uh we're actually looking at possibly kind of debuting our live show at South by Southwest. And in that regard, I'm very influenced by bands like, uh, you know, uh, Yay Sayer and Little Dragon and even the Talking Heads for, for the way that they're able to kind of have like a large group on stage, but still kind of have such a locked groove. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. Do you ever tour? Uh, I, funnily enough, the only touring I've ever done, uh, was as a professional boy soprano when I was eight or nine years old. Uh, I have never toured as a, uh, pop musician, I'll say. Well, we'd love to see you out in the West coast. I mean, it's, it's only fair, you know? <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, I think 
pending South by goes well, the West Coast will be the next place that we would go. I mean, I, I met myself maybe moving out to L.A. next year, and a lot of the other artists on the project are thinking of making that jump. So uh, it's not completely out of uh, out of the question. Well, you know, a lot of artists from New York City are moving out to L.A. It's uh, not only the uh, the weather, because <laughs> we don't have winter. Yeah, it's just more also. space. Yeah, there's more space. There's there's um, more venues. There's more producers. There's kind of a critical uh, mass here. So I, we're 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 looking forward to seeing you. We're about out of time. Uh, I would love to have you back on for a full interview uh, at some point in December. Is that a possibility? Okay. Now, before you leave, tell everybody where they can hear the album, and how how can they get it. Scooter Island is available to stream on SoundCloud. It is on Spotify. It is on Apple Music. It is on iTunes and Amazon and all the other places you can get music online. Uh, we are Scooter Island, and on SoundCloud, we are Scooter Island Music. Okay. Well, we're going to go out with a little bit of uh, of Breezy again, and we'll be back in touch and see if we can have you on for a full interview because I really like what you're doing. Thanks an awful lot for uh, dropping in. Thanks so much. Have a great, Bye. great Friday and a great weekend. We're going to play a little bit more from the, the Scooter Island uh, album while we uh, get in touch with uh, Overpass Like the Cage. Don't go away. That's a great uh, New York-based project that's going to South by Southwest, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. We're going to have him back on in December. Well, let me remind everybody that uh, this is Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and the radio affiliates. I also want to welcome everybody on the BlogTalkRadio.com platform that we're broadcasting on. If you have questions or comments for our guest, you can call in 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. Or if you're sitting there at work and you've got that um, PowerPoint up on the screen, you're not really paying attention, but you can't call, email us 
musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us on a podcast, you can still email questions to our guest. We'll forward the questions to them directly. Well, I first encountered our next guest, or at least the visual result of our next guest, at a a music party produced by Netroots Nation at the close of its convention this past July. The lineup on stage was headlined by New York rapper Immortal Technique, but before he got on stage, a woman in a bright red Afro wig led a group of about a dozen people holding big square cards on the stage. And as she let loose with some fabulous raps and rhymes, the cards lit up. That's right, they lit up. They had letters on them in LED lights. And they danced around, they made out words, and they generally rallied the crowd to a fever pitch. I was stunned. This was so cool. All right, that was my first thought. This was so cool. My second thought was, who are these people that bring light to music in such a spectacular way? Well, I soon found out they were the Overpass Light Brigade, a loose organization that can best be described as the progressive movement's illuminated moving billboard and music enhancer. And actually, why don't I just let our guest explain what the uh, Overpass Light Brigade is. Joe Brutsky of the Overpass Light Brigade, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, well, Joe, yeah, so you kind of nailed it right there. Can you hear me? Well, yeah, I can hear you. And I was going to say, I saw you in a musical context, and I know that you use music to appear with bands, but Overpass Light Brigade is not a band. So it, beyond what I said, what is the yep. Overpass Light Brigade? Sure. So the uh, Overpass Light Brigade is an activist, collaborative public art project. And basically, um, it was started by Lane Hall and Lisa Moline, who are um, basically um, educators. Um, they're both university professors at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And basically, we're a group of volunteers that come out uh, usually on overpass bridges, and we hold political messages, usually left-of-center political messages on bridges, which is you know essentially where we started. And um, that's that's it. You know, we're just a group of volunteers that um, you know hold lights on uh, bridges and. Uh, hold messages for causes that you know we feel strongly about. Well, like I said, some of your first actions were on freeway overpasses in Wisconsin, so that's where the name comes from. Is that it? That's correct. Well, uh, basically, you... yeah, I, you know, it started off uh, originally started off with uh, Lane and Lisa were looking for a creative way for a protest that was going to be happening at, at nighttime. And you know, this was right around as Christmas was approaching. And so they were thinking of a creative way. And all of a sudden, while they were at the hardware store, they saw LED lights. And, you know, they kind of had this idea of putting letters into light. And they ended up, you know, making a sign that night that they took out. And this was actually uh, during the recall of uh, Governor Walker in uh, Wisconsin. And so they took out their sign. And it ended up on the Rachel Maddow show that night. And from there, it just kind of grew to, um, you know, individual letters and having volunteers coming out on bridges and holding messages. Um, so it kind of just grew from there. Well, when you um, you have music in your actions, are there particular bands that you work with or that you have worked with? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's that's kind of one of the fun things that's kind of grown from the the movement is we've we've had uh, musicians who have who've seen our actions and really wanted to kind of pull that energy into a show. And so an example, like one of our first um, times where we ended up doing that 
was a Native American uh, guitarist named Bill Miller um, was looking was going to be performing at Indian Summer Festival, and he had seen some of our actions. We had been doing quite a few Idol Memoir actions, um, which is a movement for indigenous indigenous rights. And so he asked us to come to a performance he was going to be having at Indian Summer Festival in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so we went to his concert, and we ended up holding messages behind uh, him playing. Uh, throughout the entire show, and like uh, as he switched songs, we would bring different messages out that kind of, um, you know, like had, were different themes of the music that he was playing, or uh, messages that were kind of happening with I Don't Know More. Do, do you rehearse um, uh, with with the band in in advance? We don't actually. You know, in these cases, uh, every time that we've done it, it's you know, in some cases, it's a little bit more rehearsed. But in that case, it was pretty much just like. He loved what we're doing, uh, what we were doing, and he said, "Look, I just want you there. Uh, feel free to bring out whatever messages you want. I, I you know, I trust you. I've, I've seen your work, and I know that you're going to bring out good messages." And uh, you know, he put a lot of faith in us to to do that, and you know, it ended up being a really great experience. And he was really happy with the messages, and lots of great photos and optics came from that. And you know, I think it was a great experience for everybody. Well, would you um, ever cons- go ahead? Oh, I was going to say, there's other times that we perform, but I don't know if you want to move on or talk about other performances. Oh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that, <laughs> and I'm sure okay. our, our listeners will too, because uh, um, we're talking with uh, Joe Brutsky of the Overpass Light Brigade, and you can talk with him too. You can call us at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, or you can email us musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Actually, I have a couple of emails here, but before I get to those, I want to ask um, uh, a, a question. Would you ever consider working with a band that's not delivering a political message, but maybe a, a broader message just like peace or love or, or go out and have a good time? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. You know, I, I think, you know, we kind of take every situation kind of and, and judge it to see like kind of how we feel about it. And, you know, certainly like if it was a message of, of peace or of love, you know, we've done, we've actually done those, those, both of those messages, um, not in the context of the concert, but we've done those more in the context of peace vigils or candlelight vigils that have happened in Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it just kind of depends on the situation. One thing that we're very careful about though, is that we don't really want to turn it into something where, you know, like people can just buy the lights and use the lights, you know, for any sort of campaign that they want. You know, we like to keep it, um, you know, generally in line with things that we believe in and uh, things that we see as, you know, messages or, or movements that we see that are worth fighting for. But certainly, you know, like we're all about having fun. And that's one of the things that makes the Light Brigade so powerful is that it's a great time. And so we, we certainly, you know, consider every, uh, you know, every situation or action that's brought before us. Well, of course, uh, I, I assume um, every anybody can go out and buy lights and, and put them on a, a three by five, uh, three and a foot by five foot, or whatever the size is board. Uh, unless you have a copyrighted or trademark somehow. We don't actually. Very early on in the process, we decided that we really wanted to make this something that you know anyone could do, and that's been one of the really cool things about this is that we have a group of about. 50 different light brigades that have popped up around the world. Um, we have groups in Germany, um, Australia, and Canada, um, in France. I mean, it's really it's really quite powerful. And, and you're right, they're really easy to make. 
uh, we open sourced the idea right from the get-go. We, we knew that this was something that um, people could use to bring visibility to different issues. And rather than that be something that we kind of hoarded to ourselves, we really wanted other people to use this medium. And it's it's amazing how, you know, it's really taken off. And, you know, we have those 50 different light brigade groups that are doing different actions around the country. But it's 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 really quite, quite amazing. You know, we, we'll see different light brigades um, pop up that we didn't even know about, or we'll see, you know, a group of people that will make lights for an individual action um, that we'll just, you know, happen to see in an article on the internet. So it's, it's pretty amazing to see where the stuff pops up. Um, but it's really easy to make. We have the directions on how to make the lights up on our website. Um, it's a, on our uh, overpasslightbrigade.com. There's a, a tab that's called how to, and basically it has all the instructions. It's got a video that we shot of Lane actually making one of the lights in his basement. So it's really easy to do, and we, we encourage people to build these lights and, and to, you know, to use this wherever they are and, and get in touch with us if they do because we'd love to have them in the network because the network really helps uh, other groups kind of disseminate the message and bring greater visibility to whatever you know people are working on. Well, since you mentioned get in touch, how do people best get in touch with you? Uh, well, we have a Facebook page, and we're Overpass Light Brigade on Facebook, which is you know probably the best place to get a hold of us if you message us through the page. But we're also on Twitter um, at OLB Light Brigade, um, and, and certainly that's where, where uh, you got a hold of us. So that's a great place to get a hold of us as well. And, of course, we're at OverpassLightBrigade.com as well. Okay. We have some emails for you. We, uh, let's start with uh, Morpheus in Boston. And Morpheus says, have you ever done any OLB actions in Boston? I think I've actually seen you. We have never ourselves, our personal group has never done an action in Boston. But so we had a, a, a light brigade that was active. It was uh, Overpass Light Brigade, Massachusetts. Um, they haven't done a lot lately. Maybe in the last year, year and a half, they haven't done much. But um, a, a really interesting note, um, during the, uh, the bombings in, uh, in Boston, all of our light brigades that night were planning on going out and doing uh, an action around, uh, around tax, tax season. And so we wanted to call out some you know, different corporations that were, not really, that were not paying taxes or not paying their full share of taxes. Well, the Boston bombing happened, to ha- happened that day, and all the light brigades that were going to go out that night and do messages around uh, you know, the tax evasion ended up switching and doing messages um, in support of the victims uh, that were, uh, you know, tragically hurt and they're killed in that, uh, the bombing. And so that was a really powerful time where the network kind of like shifted gears really and said, like, this is something that we need to unite around. And some of those images were really powerful. And that could be where the listener from Boston may have seen um, the okay. light brigade before. Right. Well, we have a... A question here from uh, Selma in Tampa. This is an interesting question. Selma wants to know, does the uh, Overpass Light Brigade only work at night and indoors, or are your lights bright enough to see in the daytime? Great question. We generally work only at nighttime, and the lights really, they, they really have their best effect at night. I mean, you know, you get you get the glowing just seems to be a lot better at night. However, we do have some light brigades that have kind of, what they have done is they've made their light board so that they can work both during the day and at night, meaning that what they've done is they've kind of put reflective tape um, around the outside of their lights 
And so that way you can see them, the letters show up during the daytime as well as at nighttime. So different wow. groups, uh, you know, <laughs> using that different times of day. But <laughs> And we've actually had uh, one group that in Tampa who uh, the Tampa, Tampa Light Brigade we actually went out in the morning and uh, was out on a bridge early in the morning before the sun had come up and like the traffic, uh, the traffic uh, helicopter was kind of, uh, was picking up their message. And so they had video like from the helicopter of their message and like the traffic was completely stopped. And so everyone was, you know, looking at their message, really powerful stuff. So but generally, <laughs> yeah, nighttime is when we do it. In- endless creativity. Uh, uh, Selena in uh, Los Angeles wants to know, when you work with, with bands, do you find them or do they find you? Good question. Yeah, both. it's happened both ways. Um, usually, so very early on, um, an example of uh, Boots Riley. We've, we've gone on stage twice with Boots Riley, both times in Chicago. Um, in the first uh, instance, we have a, a Chicago light brigade that's really active and doing great stuff in Chicago, um, that had a connection with Boots, and they asked, uh, you know, kind of proposed us coming on stage with a message, and, you know, Boots was all about it. And he had us on stage that night. We held the message revolution um, behind them as they performed a song, and the next year, Boots asked us back. And when he came back to Chicago the very next year, the same venue, he's like, we got to do that again. And so we did it again this year in 2015, and we held the message abolition. And in that case, Boots requested that message. So in the first Wow, that's so much fun. Uh, well, speaking of, of working with bands, uh, can you tell us about the performer that I met that night in, in uh, the Red Wig? Now, I know she has a number of personas. I think she was Dragonfly that night. Who is she, and is she a regular part of uh, the Light Brigade? Hello, hello. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Did you hear my question? No, actually what happened is uh, I started to hear an operator, so I was thinking that I got kicked off the phone, but... So I didn't no, hear your no. question. Sorry, what was it? <laughs> I don't know why you had an operator there. Uh, can you, since you're talking about working with bands, can you tell us about the performer that I met that night in the red wig? Now, I know she has a number of personas, and that night she was Dragonfly, but who is she, and does she work with you regularly? Yeah, Dragonfly is really great. Um, you know, I first met Dragonfly when we went out to New York. We were out in New York for um, the big People's Climate March that took place last year. And Dragonfly works with a, a group called Reverend Billy and the Stop Shopping Choir. Really great group that does a lot of uh, political um, theater and music um, and who actually is, have been opening up for Neil Young uh, the last couple uh, weeks uh, on his tour. And Dragonfly is just a really dynamic performer. Um, you got to see her uh, with us performing in uh, Phoenix when we were out for, at Netroots, Fest, uh, at Netroots uh, Conference. Um, just really great like um you know you got to see her i mean we've never had performed on stage with her until we we're at netroots and that kind of just came together you know we knew we were going to be holding the message up on stage um we had worked with dragonfly in new york i guess one other time uh like i said for the climate march but she uh came out on stage with the message behind behind her and just kind of took the mic and and, you know, when you have the lights behind you and you've got that, uh, in this case, a really great crowd, it just kind of took off from there. And uh, we ended up performing um, and talking about kind of the things that had happened at Netroots and really with an emphasis on the Black Lives Matters uh, movement, because that was kind of really the big uh, thing that was happening at Netroots that weekend. So just really powerful. She's uh, great. I don't know if you've ever had her on the show or not, but she would be an excellent guest. 
No, I, I never had. That was the first time I'd encountered her, but we, we may do that at some point, right? Uh, we have yeah. a question here from uh, Vincent in Santa Monica, and uh, Vincent wants to know, you're out there in the active activist world doing stuff that matters. What do you think of the state of protest music in the United States today? Interesting question. That is a good question. You know, it's it's when I when I think of protest music, you know, we're, we're in Wisconsin here, and you know, one of the interesting things that happened, or I guess one of the the disappointing things that happened was um, there was a group of uh, singers that they were called the Solid, they're called the Solidarity Sing Along, and they sing at the Capitol every noon uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, and they sing protest songs, you know, songs that they have. Uh, change the lyrics of a lot of songs to meet the situation of what's happening here in Wisconsin. And for a while, that group was uh, being arrested for singing in the Capitol. Um, the Capitol Police started cracking down on these singers. And so we off, we actually went and with the Solidarity Sing Along, um, uh, did several nighttime actions where we brought greater visibility to that issue. Um, and so that's kind of like when I think of protest music, that's kind of where where we've been. But you know, like you know, Tom Tom Morello, I guess, uh, kind of comes to my mind as someone that's really right. doing you know great music. Billy Bragg, you know, those would be some real inspirations um, for me because uh, you know I'm a, I'm also a labor activist. I, I'm a I do social media for the Milwaukee Teachers Education Association in Milwaukee, and so you know, music that speaks to a lot of that to a lot of those issues is I guess kind of for me, uh, what I'm listening to. Well, we've had some of those bands here on Music Friday Live, and unfortunately, we uh, we are out of time, so we, we must be having fun because we're out of time. Uh, <laughs> Joe, I want to thank you very much for being with us uh, today, and I look forward to seeing the Overpass Light Brigade whenever I can. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. That's uh, Joseph Rusky of the Overpass Light Brigade. Uh, check them out on Facebook and also their Twitter feed. Uh, we have to take a break right now, and when we return, we're going to have a little conversation with a plastic rhinoceros. I mean, really, we are, so don't go away. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA. Always on the go. We are back at Music Friday Live. I am Patrick O'Heffernan, and of course, we would always like to hear from you. We heard from a lot of you in the uh, the the, the, pre, for the previous guests, so you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. You can call us, 347-215-7511. Before we move ahead, I really need to tell you about my wonderful sponsor, 
solar power my, is not only the wave of the future, but it's the present. And my wonderful sponsor is Solar City. Now, you know solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar just because of the upfront cost. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront cost on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out. They'll install a solar system on your home for free. You only pay for the power you use, just like you do from the utility company, but you pay a lower monthly cost because, you know, the sun's making the energy for you. Solar City pays for the system. It insures the system. It maintains the system. All you do is sit back and enjoy the savings. So if you have been hesitant about solar power, but you're ready for it now, but solar really hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. Now, how do you get solar power? From Solar City? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew I was going to give you a phone number. 909-618-6937. That's right, 909-618-6937. And when you call them, tell them I sent you, and you will get a discount on your order. So that's 909-618-6937. Well, I love it when I can talk with a hometown band. That, that, that is my hometown of Los Angeles, especially a hometown band that is making good. Plastic Rhino is tearing through the L.A. rock scene. Their mix of punk, grunge, metal, industrial rock, all kinds of rock with a sort of 90s flavor resonates literally with rock audiences here and soon, I am sure, across the country. What is really amazing is that all of the huge sound you are about to hear comes from usually just two or maybe three people. Well, sometimes three, like I said. You are about to meet these people, Atara Gottschalk and Jack Glazer. Atara and Jack, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having us. Uh, Plastic Rhino has just released a new album, Reconditioned, which we're going to play cuts from and talk about. But first... Uh, give us a little context for my audience who may not know you. Now, your website has a kind of a mission statement on it. It says you want to keep rock and roll alive and kicking. Do you think that rock and roll is in trouble? Um, I don't think it's in trouble. I think that it's just here in the United States uh, kind of gone under the radar. It's not really being played on radio stations anymore. It's not being forefronted uh, as far as like MTV or VH1. It's it's kind of been pushed aside and it's become this underground music scene, if you will. So it's been sort of overrun by pop? It has. But the thing is, is in Europe and in South America, it's still a very prominent music force. It's just here in the United States, it's kind of disappeared. And we want to bring it back. It, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, Latin America because uh, last week uh, we had uh, Diamante uh, uh, Electrico on from Colombia, and they play good old-fashioned American rock and roll. So you you really <laughs> hit that one on the nail. Well, um, <laughs> and and they that that's that, that's their thing too. So you're absolutely right. Well. I want to give people a little example of how you are not only keeping rock alive, but you're creating a better rock in your own image. This is Dusty Candy. <laughs> Sometimes 
first of all, let me say that is nice, tight writing. You two really know how to create songs that are stripped down, pure, and powerful in their simplicity. Um, I can almost hear the Metallica concert that Jack went to when he was 13 uh-huh. years old in that. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, there's a line in that song, um, actually a storyline. Um, I made a big mistake. I thought I could train you. Women have been making that mistake, taking on a man in the belief that they can train him into an acceptable human being for about yeah. as long as there's been music. Um, is that the story of an unfortunate experience, or, or do you just wanted to tell that story again? You know, um, it, it is based off of an in, like a, a person I dated in the past, but it is also a generalization for all women as well, because, yes, we do do that, and we, we, we tend to do it. Not on purpose. It's just, I don't know. It comes out in us, I guess, when we date. So I well, wrote a you, song it, about it. <laughs> it. It comes out very nicely in that song. Now, now you two met in uh, 2011. This has nothing to do with training people. And uh, you, <laughs> you, you played covers and you wrote songs for a couple of years, and then you produced your first album. You've just <clears> released <throat> your third album. And I went yeah. back and listened to your earlier music. Um, I, I listened to Let's Begin and Confessions of Nobody. And it seems that you've gotten heavier and heavier in your approach to rock as you've matured. It, 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 am I hearing something, or is that really going on? Yeah, our first EP, um, we actually uh, we had a lot of a free studio time. So we just kind of wrote whatever we wanted, kind of experimented through sounds around and saw what stuck and whatnot. And then uh, when Let's Begin came around, we really tried to hone in on a certain sound, what made us sound like us. And um, then this third one, we really wanted to mature and really just, for lack of better terms, just kick them in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of training people, um, I said in the... <laughs> Now, I, I said in the introduction that I love hometown bands that do well, and L.A. is the largest and the toughest music town in the country because of the competition, if not yeah. the world. Now, there are something <laughs> like 10,000 bands in L.A. Many, many of them are really good and go nowhere. Only 10,000? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not including you know, the ones in grammar school. Uh, what, is your, <laughs> what is your secret? How, how, why are, are you so successful? Um. Persistence. I, w- I want to say, well, sorry, Jack, what did you say? Persistence. Yeah, and also um, I think something that a lot of bands don't do, uh, we support a lot of local bands. We go to a lot of local shows. We have a lot of local musician friends. We we try to help out fellow musicians around town by, you know, supporting their music, becoming friends with them, um, you know, putting them forward if they've done something great on our uh, social media. And we find that we'll get that back in return. And when you have that kind of a base as your fan base, uh, other local musicians, I feel like you just do so much better than just uh, than not supporting other local musicians. It's, it's really hard in, in Los Angeles for some reason. It's even harder to get to local shows, even though there are an abundant amount of them you know every night of the week so many venues so many local bands and we try to get to as many as we can friends wise we'll go to random ones just to meet new people i feel like that is the most important thing you can do in los angeles that a lot of bands don't do and yeah, so a lot of bands that make photo. that mistake um of just sticking like staying within their own bubble and whatnot and they really don't branch out and 
you know, save your books of the show with a, you know, a lineup of strangers, you know, feel free to talk to them. That's what you need to do is get to know these people and, you know, basically, you know, create an army. Because the best fan is another musician is what we found, you know. Your best your best fan is going to be another musician that knows what you're going through. Uh, you know, that's that's really inspiring, and, and I, I, I have to uh, uh, congratulate you on that and also congratulate you on the amount of time you must spend on the 405 and the 101 doing all of that because I do it too. Um, I was going to ask you. are our best friends. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to ask you, other than other bands, who are your fans? What kind of person shows up for a Plastic Rhino concert? Um, Someone that just wants to have a good time. <laughs> okay. All right. Someone, um, someone who you know appreciates the female-fronted band. Uh, someone who uh, is also trying to keep the rock and roll scene alive. Well, of course, female-fronted bands are are becoming a, uh, uh, I think, a majority in the music industry, at least in parts of it. So there's a lot there to uh, appreciate, and I certainly do. And one of the things I appreciate is this song right now. This is a song I think that That is H2S, and in my mind, it's some of the best grab-your-ears rock and roll out there. It's it's so stripped down to basics, and yet it blends in so many elements of rock that it really has broad appeal. Now, I understand that's going to be your next single release. Now, why did you choose that one to release as a single? To really with people the most, which is so strange because it's the darkest subject matter off of the whole album. But yeah. sometimes that's what really grabs people. When you say it's the the darkest subject matter, where does the title come from? H2S is hydrogen sulfide. It's the chemical uh, uh, abbreviation for hydrogen sulfide. And hydrogen sulfide is what happens when your body starts decomposing. It releases a poisonous gas. That's that dead body smell. Uh, you know, so, I, I, uh, I thought that the, I, I knew H2S is the hydrogen sulfide uh, symbol. I, I wasn't sure that's uh, the uh, where it came from. Wow. Okay. Uh, we're talking to Atara Gottschalk and Jack Glazer of Plastic Rhino. You can talk with them, 347-215-7511, or you can uh, email in. I'm, we're already getting emails here, so but I'll give the address anyway. Okay. MusicFridayLive at gmail.com. MusicFridayLive at gmail.com. Yeah, let's get to some of those emails here. Moreno in El Monte wants to know, who are your other band members? Do you have a regular band? We do have a live band that plays with us live, um, mainly in the studio. It's us two and our producer, Tom Chandler. 
uh, both live. We've changed our lineup quite a bit, but we're pretty happy with the current lineup that we have right now. We seem to gel pretty well. and It's been working out, so I see us, you know, going for the long run with these guys. Is, is that another reason to uh, to follow other musicians around, as you can see who to add to your band occasionally? Exactly, Absolutely. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, band members. Uh, it's good to have see. your phone full of musicians. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Raul in uh, Tampa says, um, I like the music, but rock and roll is so broad now. Everyone is trying to create their own genre. Why don't you just call it rock and hard rock? That seems like what you do is. I think what he um, means is so like, that's funny. I mean, I like to consider ourselves hard rock alternative, but for a lot of people, we're not hard enough. So that's why we just kind of go with the generalization that we're rock and roll. People are very specific, especially in rock, about uh, where you put your music, what what you call it exactly. Um, so call it rock and roll, and I let you decide where you think it should fall categorically. <laughs> yeah, plus, I'm a big metalhead myself, and I know a lot of metal fans tend to be very uh, opinionated and really want to pitch in a genre. And if, I know we're not metal or anything, but um, um, I really don't like genres in general just because, you know, we just want to write songs and just rock out from the heart. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I mentioned it in jest that uh, I knew you um, got inspired at a Metallica uh, concert when you were 13. But I, I, right. to me, as a music critic, I, I hear a little bit of metal in what you do. Your guitar. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. He's a metalhead, so it's going yeah, right. to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Atara, in addition to a fabulous music, um, you have another professional skill. You dress people in movies and television. Are you <laughs> yeah, still involved in that? Yeah, I am a costumer. Yeah, yeah, that's my day job, and I absolutely love it. Um, I get to work in film and television, and I get to work with the wardrobe department, and it's it's a lot of fun. Well, well, I noticed that uh, unlike a lot of metal and alt-rock bands, particularly metal bands, you are not dripping with costume on stage. Uh, do you have anything <laughs> costumey planned for Halloween? I know you've got a big thing planned for Halloween. We do. We have an amazing uh, costume set up for the whole band, so uh, everyone should come check out our show on October 30th at Maui Sugar Mill. It's going to be pretty funny. I can't and, and tell anymore, but just come to see it alone. <laughs> well, you, I, I take it you, you'll be in costume, yes? Yes, yes. The whole yeah, we all will be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, why don't you, you tell people again where you're going to be and where, when, where the venue is? Yeah, we are uh, playing October 30th at Maui Sugar Mill, which is in Encino, uh, the Valley. It is uh, the Valley's hottest uh, musician spot, uh, live band. Uh, live music bar. Um, we we like to say that it's David Grohl's secret lair because he does show up from time to time there. It's a free show, and uh, we go on at 10 o'clock, and we're playing with our friends Mulholland. They go on right after us. So uh, if you're not doing anything October 30th, come for a free show. So you can stay in costume for, uh, over the, hol- the Halloween weekend. Well, let's, uh, here's a song that I think would be quite comfortable in a costume.
Now, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but but uh, that's the, the hardest of the hard rock. Uh, Jack, your guitar there is sort of like a weapon, the way you shoot out those notes and the words. Uh, it sounds like you're not happy with the state of the world uh, in that song. <laughs> you know, funny thing about that song, that particular riff, um, I came up with those riffs way back in high school when I first picked up the guitar and started bashing away, and then I randomly uh, just kind of remembered the riff, and I was like, hey, you know, I should apply it to a song and actually do something worthwhile with it, and so it actually worked out. Well, it, it, it works extremely well, but like I say, uh, it, that's the hardest of the hard rock, and it's, it's to me it sort of edges a little bit over into metal, uh, and there's some lyrics in there. Get going, we still haven't blown up the world. Um, does that mean you want so, people to get going and blow up the world or get going and no, keep it from being no. blown up? I, um, in this day and age, um, you know, compared to back in the 60s, 70s, even 80s, you know, people would get out on the street and march and protest if if someone wasn't doing something right for the for the general population. And, you know, in the last couple of years, like, there's no motivation with my generation, with the younger generations. Um, so I wrote a song about it. It's like, you know, we we haven't destroyed the world yet. We can still make a change if you feel strongly about the way that things are going and the way that things are being run. It's it's definitely a very political song. And um, MAD actually stands for Mutually Assured Destruction. I just wanted to clarify that a lot. We've been getting a lot of... Um, uh, write-ups, and I think people just think that I just made it mad, you know, like, I'm mad, but it actually stands for Mutually Assured Destruction, which is uh, if if the, um, you know, if the world pretty much, sorry, my dogs are barking. It, 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 was, the, uh, it was the doctrine uh, <laughs> that uh, the Soviet Union, when it existed, and the United States used to keep each other from blowing one another up during the Cold World, during the Cold right. War. Exactly. And it means that you both have nuclear weapons, and if one of you fires one, the other one will fire one, and you'll both be destroyed, so let's not use them. Well, since yeah. I'm hearing – I was going to ask you this anyway, but, uh, but I'm uh, hearing a comment in the back there. There's a fuzzy little creature that shows up in some of your Instagram photographs is sleeping on the studio, and I think is on a cover of one of your singles and, and wants to be on the microphone. Who is that? That's who you just heard. <laughs> That's our dog, Indio, <laughs> and uh, he's a little rock and roller himself, so we like to showcase him a lot. It, it, am I correct that Indio is, is on the cover of one of your singles? He is. He's on the uh, cover of our very first uh, single for Confessions of a Nobody. <laughs> and, and you had to hold him tight to get him to, to still stand still for the picture. Yeah, we zoomed on his little snaggle tooth that he's got there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting some more emails in here. Um, Raj in San Francisco, he just it's a real short email. It says, tour up here, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. It's funny, we actually <laughs> visited San Francisco not too long ago, and I was checking it out for the first time ever. Um, it's a really cool place. I'd love to do like a West Coast tour, even all the way up to possibly even Seattle or something. It'd be really fun. Well, yeah, it's definitely to- on the agenda. You're going up to San Francisco. Uh, check out the Bottom of the Hill Club. And, okay. Uh, we'll do. Bottom of the Hill and Bimbo's 360. Another that's that's a slightly bigger venue. That's that's uh, sort of like the El Rey here. 
But, yes, San Francisco doesn't have a lot of venues, but it's got some good ones and some really strong fans, and I think you'll go over extremely well. Um, Olivia, (laughs) I guess people want to see you. Olivia in New York City says, um, how about New York? You'll go over really well here. Why don't you do a rave? (laughs) Also on the agenda, East Coast Tour. We definitely okay, have a uh, plan for the future. We are going to start setting that up very soon. Probably start with a West Coast tour and then see uh, see if we can make it over to the East Coast. Yeah, I'd love to go to the East Coast. If Sarah has family in New York, I've got a bunch of family in Boston. It'd work out pretty well. Oh, yeah. that means free, pla- free places to stay, which are always great. Exactly. For exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mina in New York City says, uh, since they seem to be activists, why don't you introduce them to the last guest? <laughs> Did you happen to hear any of the last guest? No. Uh, very little bit of it. Yeah, the the Overpass Light Brigade is a, uh, a um, kind of a loose group of volunteers that work with bands and musicians. They they show up on stage or in the audience with these about two foot by four foot cards, heavy duty cards or light plywood cards with letters in um, uh, LED lights, and they dance around and they form messages and words and things uh, along with the music. They're really quite striking, and uh, you should. Take a look at it if you want me to. I'll, I'll, inter- I'll, I'll follow the advice of me here in New York City and introduce you here. Well, we're, right. uh, we're getting a little Sounds tight good. on time. And, and there's another, uh, another song of yours I, I definitely want people to hear. And this is The Ballad of the Last Rhino. You keep me on the run. Hurt me, hurt me, hurt me with your gun. All time. That was the the Ballad of the Last Rhino, and um, as you probably know, two species of rhino are now endangered, and all the others are threatened, uh, according to World mm-hmm. Wildlife. Are you involved uh, at all in um, helping to save rhinos? We are. We um, we are actually trying to set up a way to have this song uh, give proceeds to the World Wildlife Foundation, which is doing amazing work with uh, rhino conservation. And so that's going to be happening very soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, we want to also create a music video that we want to um, that we can send to WWF that they can use, um, you know, to help promote. Um, um, the word I'm looking for uh, conservation of rhinos, right? Uh, more uh, awareness. More, high, more focus on on this situation because it is really sad. This song is written specifically about that there's only one male rhino, and well, it's heavily you, guarded. When you do that, let us know, and we'll help you with the with the promotion on that. And unfortunately, we are out of time. We've been having too much fun. But seriously, <laughs> let let us know when you do that, and we will we will we'll definitely uh, help you with that. Uh, But like I say, we're out of time, and I want to thank you for taking the time away from your busy day of dressing people on television sets and and (laughs) recording music. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Atar Gotchak and Jack Glazer, better known as Plastic Rhino. Their new album, Recondition, is available on iTunes, Amazon.com, all the all the usual places. It streams on Spotify. They've got a new single coming out from the album, so you should really follow them on uh, their website. Thanks an awful lot. All right, Thank thanks, you Pat. for having us. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page. Follow our Twitter feed. You'll get a real-time update on our guest. Vote. You can vote for your favorite musician just by sending me an email and telling me somebody you'd like to hear on the show. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday or on iTunes. We will not be here next week. We're going to be cowering in the basement um, during Halloween, so there will be no show. However, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. If you need your music Friday really bad, that's where to go. Check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll let you know about the guest for the following week. And we're going to leave you with a little bit of the Ballad of the Last Rhino. Okay. <clears throat> you keep 